have you here. I'm senior pastor at New Church Live, and, and whether you're joining us in our studio audience or from anywhere else in the country or overseas, whether you're joining us live or as many people do archived, it is great to have you here today as, as we start our, our next series called A Fresh Start. And it's, it's interesting, like, looking at a fresh start, right? Because that's so much this time of year where we want to think about things in fresh and new ways. And, and how do we sort of pick a fresh start that we're actually going to follow? I, I love Anne Lamott. Those of you who know her as an author, she's well worth a read. Anne Lamott has a great quote. She said, you know, the only thing a New Year's resolution will guarantee you, a New Year's resolution to lose weight, the only thing I'll guarantee you is that you'll have five more pounds on you by February. And I thought, that's true. That's true. So how do we find a fresh start? How do we find this idea of a resolution, of a resolve, around things that are, that are a lot more meaningful and that are actually more impactful on our lives? And I think we want to start with the fact that, yeah, the, 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 this time of year can be a little bit challenging in many ways, not just because of this latest wave of COVID, but because it just isn't a time that's tough. I love this New York Times, this New Yorker cartoon that reads at the bottom, it's a psychiatrist talking to a Christmas tree, so you were dumped right after Christmas. Ouch. And I think we can feel that way, right? There's all this excitement, and then we just sort of feel dumped. And yet, if Advent is what Advent is, which it is, Advent means beginning. Advent means the start of something new. The idea that we're always able, I mean, just think of the miracle in this, folks. We're always able to make a fresh start. And, and for a handful of people, they're able to do it in big, dramatic ways. I remember a dear friend in the congregation who has since passed away, and, and he was telling me, like, he, he got sober in, like, one moment. He had one moment, that was it, it was all done. For some people, that does happen. For most people, though, this fresh start, you know, it's incremental. It's made up of small, little, daily choices that we do. And today, we're going to talk about a small, little shift in perspective that can make a big difference towards a fresh start. And we're going to look at it in three ways. A fresh start around faith, that's going to be today. A fresh start around relationships, that's going to be next week. And a fresh start around community, that's going to be Martin Luther King Day weekend. So it really is going to be a wonderful series moving forward. And with all of this, the words of the psalmist, Psalm 5110, just, just come so clear. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I love that idea of, and it's part of our new logo here at New Church Live, like it really is about this new heart. How do we love better? How do we love more effectively? How do we love in a way that's not just a simple emotion, but that actually is able to, to improve the world, that's actually able to make the world a better place? That's what we're going to be looking at. And, in, and in through that, we get this steadfast spirit. I mean, folks, you know as well as I do, the most loving people in your life, they're the ones who sort of have a steadfastness to them. You know, a deep steadfastness embedded in their lives that's indeed beautiful. So, what I would love to do is this. I'd love to hear from you folks, sort of where are you thinking of having a fresh start? 
Where would you like to have a fresh start in your life? The question is, where do you long for a fresh start in 2022? And it could be anywhere. What I'm going to ask you to do is we're going to have a 60-second timer up here. I'm going to ask you to think about what's the answer for that. You can text me an answer. You can put it on the chat as well. Where are you, where are you longing for a fresh start as we enter this brand new year? Now, as the 60-second timer goes, we're going to go right into music after that. So feel free to send me a response, and then when I come back out, I'm going to share those with everyone. Good to have you folks here today. Everybody, happy new year. It's all right. 
Live. This is Angela. I just wanted to invite you all to consider making a donation to New Church Live. Um, we are completely supported by the support of this congregation, financially donating and supporting um, all the initiatives that happen here, community service, Pastor Chuck's pastoring work, um, streaming the service to you, all of the things that happen here behind the scenes are supported by you. So we hope you'll consider making a donation. Um, and you can do that by texting the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase to 77977, or you can go to our website, or you can use the QR code below. We hope you will use some of those tools, and if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks, everyone. So thank you, Angela, and thank you, musicians. What a beautiful song, and, and you know, the idea here comes to the sun, and, and we were talking before the service today, and I think so many people are yearning for a fresh start. Right? We're at a time where, especially with this latest wave of COVID, sort of there's a malaise, I find, talking to people. You know, just a struggle, like, oh, when will this be over? And so much of life is understanding that, that, that we may not always get to choose the circumstances of life. We always get to choose our relationship to those circumstances. And, and I want you to hear what some people have to say about, you know, the fresh start, because you'll hear some of that hunger in, in a few of their responses here, some beautiful ones. It sounds simple, but really not so much. I want to wipe my internal slate clean and just start over. Turn off the constant negative dialogue. Begin with and stay with all good. That's going to be a little bit of today's service. You'll appreciate that when we come back to it at the end. Dive into creativity and turn away from energy drains. To ponder in 2022, word of the year for me is allowing. There is a freedom in allowing friends and family to express without judgment different points of view, especially in the face of non-agreement. In strengthening into our faith. I love that idea, into our faith. Peace to be able to make free choices Peace around healthy choices for my body, mind, and spirit. More environmentally conscious. Was one person wrote simplicity. I saw that up on Facebook. I thought that was a beautiful one. My family, into my family. My fresh start is to face the challenges of chemo with trust, gratitude, and an open heart. And here's a little gratitude one for you yesterday I want to share. I was listening to Antique Roadshow, geeky show, completely geeky thing, but the kind of thing I like to watch. And it was a man there who'd gotten a thank you letter from Mother Teresa. And in that thank you letter, she had this beautiful thing. She said, let my gratitude be my prayer for you. I thought like, oh, who comes up with that? That's so good. <laughs> and a fresh, clean slate with a beautiful bald pate. Stop hiding from things, beautiful. So, so folks, those are, those are indeed beautiful ones. And the idea, right, that, 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 that we can have this fresh start. And the fresh start isn't necessarily going to mean that all of life's circumstances change. Life is going to go through its seasons in the year ahead. It, it just inevitably will. And I'll come back to that idea of the seasonality of life in a few minutes. And 
we can still see things differently. We can still learn to see things differently. Here's a piece of Christian New Church theology that says faith is spiritual sight. Now, what a beautiful place that is to begin. So, so it's interesting, right? Like, like a lot of the time, I want to stand firmly in a place where, where faith is absolute certainty and knowledge of all things and, and everything lines up and there's all these, these, uh, these codes and faith will help me break the code. And then life will be perfect. But the reality is that's not how life works. Faith is not a code. Faith is tools. Clearly, it's tools. But it's not a code. It's not like there's some secret code out there we're trying to decipher and break that will all of a sudden make life just simple and beautiful. Again, as I've said many times, you know, that's the prosperity gospel. And I don't believe, <laughs> there's few things I would say I absolutely unequivocally would urge you not to believe. And that's one of them, the prosperity gospel. That idea that there's a code and we break the code and then, and then God rewards us with health and wealth. I don't think that's how it works. So this faith, if faith is not that kind of certainty or breaking the code, what is it? Well, well faith is sight. You know, even those words are so profound. Faith is spiritual sight. Famously, faith is the eye of love. That's, that's a beautiful way to start to see it. And, and as we've talked about many times in here, you know, there's what we see and there's how we see. Faith, more, faith is much more about how we see. How we, tend, how we tend to look at the life, to look at the challenges that are before us. Now, one of the challenges that's always before us is this beautiful quote from Helen Keller, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. This is, folks, you know, the, the life of faith is about this bigger vision. It is about this bigger vision. Albert Einstein famously said, you know, true, true intelligence is not wisdom. True intelligence is imagination. That's the mark of true intelligence. And that clearly gets into this faith thing. I, I, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's a struggle sometimes, uh, you know, having conversations, because if we're not in a place where there's a vision of how things can be, we just struggle. And yet, isn't it fascinating, right? When people kind of lean in, when they walk forward into this idea of a shared vision, and that vision gets communicated, it's, it's beautiful to watch what starts to happen, what starts to occur. Now, many people do service things, for example, all over the place at New Church Live, all different kinds of communities. And even yesterday, just getting a picture of a beautiful group who served, and, and there's just these smiles on these faces. These beautiful smiles. Why? Because there's a shared vision. And they're each doing, they're each taking their steps towards that shared vision. Now, now I want to be clear, folks, like this vision that she's talking about, like when we have this vision, it will cut both ways. This is real important. Vision will cut both ways. 
I think oftentimes it's easy to see vision is that the only vision we can really have in our life, it's got to all be positive. It's got to all be upbeat. Where we end up being is I can be sometimes incredibly uh, off-putting in our optimism, if that makes sense. And that doesn't mean pessimism is the answer. You know, that's making it a binary choice. It's, it, it's not that. It's the idea that if we really have vision in our life, we're going to be open to two things. Listen to these two. We're going to be open to two things with vision. We're going to be open to heartbreak. We're going to be open to heartbreak. Just imagine, folks, the non sequitur of, of a church or a synagogue or a mosque that was totally not open to heartbreak. I think you understand like, how that just doesn't work. So we need a vision of life that will allow us to see the parts that aren't working and to lament those, to have sadness around those. Sadness, as is often said, is a marker of how much we care. And then it also has this other beautiful part of possibility. Somehow, when we have this vision, a vision that comes out of faith, and that's so beautiful, right? This vision that comes out of faith. I think we need to fully expect our hearts will be broken, and I think we need to fully expect that we're going to see possibilities all over the place. Possibilities to serve, possibilities to try to make a difference, possibilities for those small acts of kindness that just make such a big difference out there in the world. Now, as we do that with that sight, it's important to understand, you know, there's different ways of seeing God in this. And I think for a lot of people, and not, you know, this is just, this is not everybody, but this is something I think that's worthwhile to put out there, kind of holding this dichotomy. Some people can think of God as either this intervening being or as this beautiful, loving teacher. Now you can tell just with how I said that, which one I would urge you to think towards. It's very easy to think of God in terms of intervening, this, this transactional view of God. And what I want to do is, is I want to talk about, for a little bit, about that intervening view of God. Like, what does that look like when we have that view of God, that God is constantly, like, up there, detached from our experience, and if we could just get a call through, or we could just plug in somehow, that God all of a sudden would intervene and everything would become instantly right in life. That kind of faith is very vulnerable. Because it's, it's based on this transactional view of God. And I want to share with you a beautiful story. This is one of my favorite stories as a little boy in the Bible. Because I think it's talking about that idea. Is God here to just intervene if we do certain things? Or is God here with us in our lives, just this gentle holding, this gentle teaching? Well, this is a beautiful story. It's, it's, it's a story known popularly as Naaman the leper. So Naaman, Naaman was this incredibly powerful Syrian general. 
And again, this story is written thousands and thousands of years ago. And hear it as poetic truth, not as a history lesson, but as poetic truth where, the, where, where these writers of the Bible are trying to share something very deep with us. So here's Naaman the Naaman, and, and Naaman is like extremely powerful, commands everything. He is it. He is it. He's the Bill Belichick of generals. Incredibly powerful, incredibly successful. Except one thing. He's developed leprosy. Life was this, and now he's got this this physical condition, and there's nothing he can do about it. This man who is used to commanding, who is used to intervening whenever he wants and having people yes sir, no sir all the time, and here's this disease and he can do nothing about it. And remember, with leprosy, it wasn't just that leprosy was a horrible disease, it is a horrible disease, but it was an isolating disease. It was a disease where people literally didn't want to be around you for the rest of your life. Not just five days. So think about that with Naaman. Now the story goes on, and and, and Naaman Naaman has a servant. This servant knows about about this prophet, this prophet Elisha, and, and she says, look, I know somebody who can actually make you well. And his name is Elisha. Now you can imagine like the, the, the perspective that Naaman would have had. Naaman's like, all right, we're getting stuff packed up, we're headed out, we're going to get this taken care of. End of leprosy. Because that's what I have commanded. And that's where we pick up the story here. So Naaman leaves, and this is what happens. This is from 1 Kings 5. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, huge amount of money, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. So you can see there, folks, you know, with him, you can, you can see, you know, he is sure that this is the code. I'm going to have all this money, and the way that the world worked was if you went to somebody, you offered them tribute, this big amount of cash, and, and if I just did that, then I'd be fine. His own little version, several thousand years old, of the prosperity gospel. That's interesting, right? That view that there's this list of things, and if I do this full list, I'll be healed. But here's the problem. It's your list. Here's the problem. It's your list. That's not God's list. God's list doesn't include 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. I mean, it does, it does talk about giving and generosity and all those things, obviously, but, but it's generosity and giving just in all facets of our life. It's not to secure some special treatment from God. So we get into part two, which is beautiful as well. So that doesn't work terribly well. So he goes up, he goes to the house where Elisha lives. Elisha doesn't come out of the house. He sends his servant out to tell him. 
uh, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to go and wash and be clean. I'll be coming back to that in a minute. Gives him a very simple instruction. And of course, Naaman rejects that. And this is what Naaman says. He said, I thought that he, Elijah, I thought he would at least come out of his house, essentially. He would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord as God, wave his hands over the spot, and cure my leprosy. So, so first off, it's like, I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to give him a bunch of stuff. That'll take care of it. Then he's like, but wait a minute. Why didn't he just come out, wave his hands over this, and I'd be instantly healed? Do you folks know what the name of that is? Magical thinking. <laughs> it's a great phrase. Magical thinking. It's the belief that there's kind of this magic out there and, and that, that we can just kind of do it and then all of a sudden everything's shifted. That's also not how it works. Now, does magic happen on occasion? Have I seen that happen? Have you seen that happen? Obviously we see magic. I mean, I believe the world is enchanted. I believe the world's enchanted but I don't believe healing or, or improving somehow just happens with, with magical thinking. It's a story I told a, a few years ago, and over the holidays, you know, we get together with family, and I have a, a brother who has an amazing sense of humor. And my brother ran cross-country in, in high school, and he had decided in a race, magical thinking, that he just was not going to get tired. Just put in his brain, like, if I'm not tired, I'll be able to sprint the whole way. I'll just have that as my mindset. Guess how well that worked? <laughs> not, not so good. Not so good. It's magical thinking. Because it says you don't need to train, you don't need to prepare, you just need to have magic, and then that will take care of it. Very much part of the human condition there to have that. And then, folks, we have a very different approach, right? So you have this idea of intervening, this interventionist God, this transactional love, be that with tribute or magical thinking. And there's another way to see it. It's, it's, it's a very different view. It's a God, the idea of God who's walking with us. It's the idea of God who's there with us. Gently asking us the question, what's the possibility here? What can you learn? Where can you serve? Where can you be more loving? That's why Jesus came to earth. That's what we celebrate on Christmas, so that if we had any doubt about the words, we could see what it looked like in action over his 30-some years on this planet. And when it's not, folks, that there's like a disconnect between the Old Testament God, the God who was written about before the birth of Christ and after. We, we can see the similar strains. I mean, there are some clear differences, but we can see a similar theme that runs through. Take a look at this beautiful line here from Psalm 25. And just, I think you could see this with Jesus. This is such a Jesus-y kind of quote, even though it predates him by hundreds of years. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Folks, do you see the, pro I mean, look at those words, right? Do you see the process in that? 
you see the very different way of thinking? You know, Naaman came with his list and then his expectation. There was no curiosity, no imagination, no humility. And here this ancient wisdom is saying, no, 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 please God, show me your paths. Teach me your ways. Guide me in your truth. For you are God, my Savior. My hope is in you all day long. And of course, anytime we say, like, God, like, show me your path, of course, God's going to go like, yep. And I want you to start, I think God would say this. He said, I would want you to start by looking right at your feet. Because that's where the path starts. And I think God would offer this. A teaching that's one step at a time. Fresh start. Asking the question. Taking the step. Fresh start. Not big and heroic all the time. Oftentimes small. Almost hidden. Usually known only to you. But we place ourselves in a, in a way where where God's whole, God's whole being can just then spread out and come through that. Now, again, Naaman, and this is one of the funnier parts, this is definitely biblical humor here, Naaman in one of the funnier parts of the Bible has this, well, there are many funny parts of the Bible, I should say one of the funnier, it's just a funny part of the Bible. So Naaman, Naaman gets told, he gets, gets told this command, wash and be clean, wash and be clean. So here's this big fancy general, with all these resources that he wants to give to being healed, and then he wants magical thinking, and then, drum roll please, Elisha's prophet comes out and says, oh, go and wash and be clean. You gotta love that, right? Because Naaman was wanting something big. Because he was used to being the hero. Here's what Naaman said. Naaman, Naaman says, couldn't I wash and then because So he turned and went off in a rage. He was so annoyed by being told to do something so small, he was actually angry. And then Naaman's servants chased after him. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do great things, would you not have done them? How much more than when he tells you to do a little thing, wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like a young baby. That idea, folks, of, of the, the power of that, right? And, and what does that mean? What is that line like, wash and be clean? Like, what's the bigger sense of that? Well, wash and be clean. I want to start with it with this. You know, when you look at the poetry of it. It's about immersing yourself in the Jordan River. That's where he went. Washing himself seven times. And it's interesting when we look at the, at the deeper meaning there. The deeper meaning is immersing ourselves in what is good and true about life. Immersing ourselves in the very goodness of life. Now I want to step over here for a second to this beautiful quilt. So this was a great... Uh, Family gift, and I loved it. I thought it was way fun. 
So with this family gift here, what it was is one person decided for someone they loved dearly that they were going to take the average temperature every day of the year for a year. So they started this January 1, 2021. And what they did is, is they had a color code. So with each color code, you can see here we are, medium temperatures, and then it starts to get cold, and then eventually you end up with August. You know, that's all the red in there and then back to the cool of January. So it's got 365 rows to it. Folks, is the year ahead going to have all these same temperature changes? Yes. It's going to have all these things. It's going to have all of this. And this, this whole bit of like, in it all, wash and be clean, in it all. Can we, no matter what it is, like, can we find ourselves to immerse ourselves in the goodness at each one of these times? I mean, can you immerse yourself in the goodness when it's like August 19th and you can't believe Philadelphia can actually be this humid? Can you do it in the, in the springtime? Can you do it in the winter? Can we immerse ourselves in the goodness of life in those moments? Please, please don't let that just skate by. This was the year behind, folks, and this is the year ahead as well. And with all of that, we get to choose that site. We get to choose that site that says, all right, I'm going to immerse myself in the goodness here. It's not pathological optimism. It means that we'll be able to search out and find that goodness. So even the hard times, like find the helper, simple Mr. Rogers, right? Like, like those pieces, no matter what it is, I'm going to immerse myself in the goodness. Now, what happens when we do that? Well, this is really key. And this is courtesy, again, of, of our beautiful sermon writing team, volunteers every week to help put together some great ideas. And it comes out of this quote by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Faith is the defeat of probability by the power of possibility. I want to read that again. Faith is the defeat of probability by the power of possibility. Let's pull that apart a little bit. So much of life is based on looking at the probabilities. We'll do X, Y, and Z because there'll probably be a positive outcome. Or I won't do X, Y, and Z because the probable outcome is kind of negative. Probability deals all with what we should do. And there's, and again, like, I don't want to overstate it. I mean, obviously, like, you want to be clear about what the probabilities are. Probably, if you go through a red light, it's not going to end well. But think of it this way, folks. How much time in your life do you, do you so get immersed in the probabilities, paralysis by analysis, that it simply keeps you from doing anything? Can I rant for a second? I'm going to rant. So, so a, short, a short little rant for me. I, I really, really would urge you, don't be careful when you tell people that there's the perfect thing to say when somebody's grieving, and then there's all these things not to say. Why would I say that? Well, because, folks, if, if we get too, like, worried about, like, well, 
somebody probably will get offended if I say, say something this way. I want to know the exact perfect things to say. What will most people then choose to say? Nothing. Nothing. Because they're so anxious around these probabilities. And yes, probably, if, if we're going to reach out, if we're going to try to love, if we're going to try to care, probably you will offend some people. Probably some people will question your motives. Probably some people aren't going to like what you're doing. And they may have good reasons for that. Do not let this mindset of probability cancel out possibility. Don't let it cancel out possibility. Those are words to live by, I think. And just watching, you know, a sermon writing team, hearing these people talk about it, it was a powerful conversation. Because what if we formed, you know, a, a, an idea around possibility, this idea not what we should do, but what we could do. What could I do in this circumstance? How could I be more loving? What step could I take? What could I learn? What possibility could I envision here? It's subtle. And it's immense. I mean, what, what would happen if our New Year's resolution was not to lose 10 pounds? I should probably lose 30. But what if it wasn't that this year? What if it was just the simple resolution that I'm just going to resolve to ask, what's the possibility here? And I'm not talking always big and global. I'm talking even around the dinner table, sitting beside that person, that the relationship's just a little strained at the moment. <laughs> and instead of being all worried about probabilities, I say this, I say that, ba -ba 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 -ba. okay, Lord, what's the possibility here? I think that's a much healthier place to be. Because, friends, when we're open to possibility, we're open to surprise. <laughs> just, think, just think of Naaman, the big bad general. He does all this stuff, da-da-da, and then eventually comes down, just go and wash yourself in the Jordan, immerse yourself in what is good and true. And he dips that hand in, his hand's all filled with leprosy, and he pulls it out, and he's clean. He's found healing. Not in the big and heroic, but in the small and the normal. In simply doing the next right thing. So what is the process here, folks? Wash and be clean. No matter where you find yourselves in the year ahead, and, and none of this should be a surprise, right? We know all that's coming because we know all that was. Ask yourself, like, how do I wash and be clean here? In other words, how do I immerse myself in what is good, what is true? How do I immerse myself in the question? Not what's probable here, 
but what's possible here? Because this line, possibility always happens. That's from Allie Durand. Possibility always happens. There is always possibility in our lives. I think that's one of the guarantees of God. And you can see right away where that connects with faith and vision. And where that faith becomes this eye of love. Like, what's the possibility here? If I look at it from faith, from that eye of love. As the musicians come out here for our next song, just think about that, what that would be like. To live into a new morning that way. A new way of seeing the world. It may not change the circumstances out there, but it definitely, that kind of new morning, will awaken us to new possibilities. Can't you hear that rooster crowing? Rabbit running down across the road Underneath the bridge where the water flows through So happy just to see you smile Underneath the sky of blue On this On this new morning, on this new morning with you. Hey, can't you hear that motor turning? Automobile coming into style, coming down the road for a country mile or two. Just to see you smile underneath the sky of blue on this new morning, on this new morning, on this new morning with you. The night passed away so quickly. you feel that sun is shining groundhog running by the country street this must be the day when all of my dreams come true so happy just to see you smile underneath the sky of blue on this new this new morning, on this new morning with you.
so happy just to see you smile underneath the sky of blue on this new My apologies, I, I, uh, I caught myself with my mic on singing along to Emily there. What a beautiful song, that new morning. And, and yeah, you know, here's, here's just, I've, many of you know this, but I'll just share for any of you who don't. You know, cathedrals traditionally were born, were, were built, excuse me, facing east into the rising sun. Into the new morning. You know, think about that. And it's a new morning, it always has this sense of, of possibility to it, and it's, it's not always grand, it's often quiet. But that new possibility is so important to think about. And sometimes I think we need to step back to see the possibilities that we have before us. I love this picture, it's a very powerful picture. As a former history teacher, this is a picture of the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin. 1941 at the top, 2021 at the bottom. Don't ever tell me there's nothing to the concept of possibility. If you'd looked at the probability of the bottom photograph back there in 1941, you would have said there's no probability of that ever happening. Third Reich, German Empire at its zenith. But there's that possibility. We always don't see it. But maybe that can be our prayer this year. You know, how can we see it? How can we open ourselves a little bit more to it? How do we, how do we just, like, lean in there, folks? And it's not just something I think we ask individually, what's the possibility ahead of us? I think it's something we ask communally. Because there's no better way to figure out these answers than together. So, New Year's resolution, what is possible in 2022? Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is I'm going to offer a prayer, then we're going to do the Our Father prayer, then we're going to close with a blessing, and then we have a super fun song to close the service with that you are welcome to sing along with and dance with at home. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, help us to find ways, a fresh start in terms of sight. In terms of sight and faith, a place, Lord, where we don't have to ever stop believing because our faith is so deeply anchored in life and in the endless possibilities you put before us every day, every minute even. Possibilities to be more loving, more caring, more honest, more compassionate, more and more living into the image and likeness of you versus flipping it in the ways that we do. 
Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Help us to live with possibility into 2022. And thank you, Lord, that we get to do it together. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Bless our ways, Lord. Possibility. 2022. Amen. can definitely be a sing-along. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Living just
so much. <laughs>